This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Time I stay fly. <laughs> we are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. With Abby Candy and Michelle coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Well, yeah, another one. Last night, Draymond Green gets thrown out against the Phoenix Suns in a 119-116 loss for the Golden State Warriors. They are three games under 500. Draymond is flailing around, swings back. No, he's not flailing. He swung on Yusef Nurkic. Well, he says he was flailing, basically. Oh, he didn't actually use his word word flailing. But let's take a listen to what Draymond had to say because he intimates he's not a flopper. He's a flailer, if that's a word, and he didn't mean to do it this time. He was pulling my hip, and I was swinging away to sell the call, made contact with him. Um, as you know, I'm not one to apologize for things I meant to do, but I do apologize to you, sir, um, because I didn't intend to hit him. Uh, I sell calls with my arms. I don't fall or to sell a call. I don't, I'm not a flopper. So I was just selling the call because he was grabbing me and pulling my hip back. So I spun away, and unfortunately, I hit him. And so, like I said, I apologize to you, Seth, um, because I didn't intend to hit him. Yeah, nah, dog. Does he even believe that? Nah, dog. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I'm watching what you did. Uh, your, your words don't match your actions, bro. You looked that man in his face and slapped the hell out of him. Like, let's just call this what it is. That was malicious intent that he hit Yusef Nurkic with, and I don't think there's any room for any other interpretations of that. So I don't know what revisionist history Draymond Green is going through when he made those comments at the post-game press conference, but it's clear that he meant to hit Nurkic the way that he did. And that, to me, is why you have to do something if you're the NBA. If you're Adam Silver, you need to be heavy-handed with the discipline that's coming Draymond Green's way because what you did after he choked out Rudy Gobert with the five-game suspension clearly wasn't enough to curb the behaviors. Yeah, that doesn't feel like selling a call at all. No. You, you spun around. You, you, if you feel him behind you, you know if you spin around and you move your arm that way that he's there. You yeah. know he's there. You know you're going to make contact with him. And we keep talking about suspensions and what's going to be the thing that finally gets Draymond to change. What's the thing that's really going to be so impactful that he's not going to have this type of behavior anymore? What if there's not something, guys? Mm. Like, we keep talking about this as if there's a resolution that's to be had. What if there's not? What if this is just part of him? And to, by the way, to change, you have to want to change to change. And I don't know if we've seen that from him yet. I, I'm just wondering if, if this is never going to get any better for him, then what's the answer? Steve Kerr is his head coach, and he commented on what happened with Draymond last night. Coach, got to ask about Draymond. Did you agree with the call of a flagrant? I haven't seen a, I haven't seen a replay, so I, don't, I, I have no comment on it. How big a swing is it losing Draymond at that moment? Huge, huge swing. You know, we, um, we kind of felt good about, you know, having him at the five, spreading the floor. We got shooters out there. Obviously, changed the lineup around. We thought that could really get get uh, Steph some space. And, uh, you know, Draymond could use his speed. Um, you saw he got that layup the first play of the half, uh, second half. And so I felt good about um, having him out there. And, um, you know, he lost his poise. We talk about Draymond training, changing. Are we sure the Warriors want him to change? 
Because if well, if I'm he, sure the Warriors don't want him to be suspended again. Different, yeah. and that's yeah. the biggest problem. Yeah. Like if it's affecting his availability and him being able to be on the court, then it's a problem. So Big he time. has to change. Big time. The best ability that you have is availability. Shout out to Herm Edwards. So Draymond can't continue to put himself and the team in these situations. It's got to stop, and it feels like it's going in the opposite direction. It's escalating now. This is the third ejection that this dude has had this season. Hell, they ain't played but 23 games, Ev. Yeah, it's the, a quarter of the way through the season. He's had three ejections? I mean, look at that. 18 suspensions is the second most regular season game, regular season ejections. 18 ejections. The second most regular season game ejections in the last 25 years. Second to Rashid Wallace. Like, like, like Something about that has to change in terms of how Draymond Green does business. And until you take him off the court for a significant portion of time and force him to be introspective about what he's doing, nothing is going to change. So we talk a lot about Aaron Rodgers on this show, and we talk about the Jets trying to find some sort of power back or get power back that they've given to him. And I think all of us pretty much agree that the toothpaste is out of the tube on that one, Mm -hmm. right? Like you've given it away. You've made this the normal way of business with the Jets, and you're going to have to see it through. Because the Warriors have had so much success, and we know that this is part of Draymond Green's game, this is part of who he is as a player and as a person, I think a lot of it has been minimized throughout his career because of the winning. We've looked at it like, oh, that's just part of his game, and he's a disruptor, he's a physical player. And now all of a sudden they're not the same version of the Warriors. And yes, of course, we have a full body of work, so these instances are adding, they're compiling. But I think it's really hard if you're the Warriors and – for a huge portion of his career, you've looked at it in some ways as a positive to all of a sudden turn around and say, no, we need you to change this. But I, I do want to be fair with one thing. So he's more than just a disruptor, and he's more than a guy that outs, out, with outbursts. He's one of the greatest defensive players to ever play the sport. Sure. He's one of the smartest players to ever play the sport. He is one of, physically, the smaller players to ever do big things like he does. I mean, he plays center and power forward at 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", and he plays it effectively. He has been a part of creating a team that has been absolutely unstoppable. Initially, he was the person, more than anyone else, that helped recruit Kevin Durant to the Golden State Warriors. He has been, at many points during his career, phenomenal. And the question of, is the juice worth the squeeze, was not a question at all for a large portion of his career. Now, as they're sitting here at 10 and 13, and Clay Thompson is on an expiring contract, that they have not come to a contract extension with him. That Draymond Green is putting himself in a position to play less than play more, not based on injury. And Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, two young players, have not popped in the way that extends this run. Their whole thing was, we are going to find our version of Kawhi Leonard, like the Spurs did, for a little bit at least, to extend the run into that next era, that when Steph Clay and Draymond are not the leaders of the team that that James Wiseman, now with the Pistons, Moses Moody, and Jonathan Kaminga could be. They have not accomplished that. We are getting to the place now that two years removed from Andrew Wiggins clearly being the second best player for the Warriors on a championship team has been terrible. We are getting to the point now where they have to strongly consider moving on from everyone but Steph Curry. And I can't believe I'm saying that. And by the way, if this same team, that they don't move on from any of them, and I just plop them in the playoffs, I'm still going to trick my mind into thinking, I've seen it before, so I assume I could see it again. Well, I mean, that's the logic that we apply to the Kansas City Chiefs too, right? Absolutely in right. In terms of why we believe that they'll figure it out. But uh-huh. this team is showing us that they're not going to figure it out. I mean, what you've seen from Clay Thompson, this version of him, we've never seen before. He's been abysmal. I mean, Draymond Green, you're talking about three ejections 
through 23 regular season games and now on the eve of probably his second significant suspension this season. Uh, I mean, uh, Andrew Wiggins is, you know, he, he was a no-show during the regular season last year for personal reasons. Doesn't feel like he's shown back up this year. By the way, wait, stop there for one second. Let's be clear on that because it's a great point you're bringing up. He literally was not there. No. We don't know why. We're not going to ask why because they said personal, personal reasons. reasons. Right. So he physically was not with the team. Yeah. Not This year he's with the team but not producing. Yeah. They are they are not at the place that they should be. No. I mean, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga haven't come around. James Wiseman ended up being a bust. I mean, th- this team is not going in the right direction. They're getting older. They're getting less athletic. It is becoming a problem, especially in an increasingly competitive Western Conference where you're seeing teams like OKC and like the Minnesota Timberwolves ascend. I'm sorry, I just don't believe that the Golden State Warriors are going to be able to get through that conference and once again contend at the championship rounds, which is Western Conference Finals or better. I don't see that happening with this team. And if that's the case, then that Draymond Green extension that they gave him this offseason is starting to smell like regret. It really is. We're two days away, December 15th. Basically, m- the majority of NBA contracts are unlocked to be traded, which yeah. means we're two days away from trade season beginning in the NBA, December, January, February, and then obviously over the summer. In your opinion, if you were Mike Dunleavy, both of you, Mike Dunleavy Jr., the general manager of the Golden State Warriors, would Steph Curry, and I have to add Kevon Looney because he's he, they're not trading him. He's the heart and soul kind of guy. Would those two be the only remaining starters after the trade deadline? Would you trade all of the rest? The only problem with trying to trade Draymond is what you're getting back. Is it going to be significant enough for you to give up on the upside that this team has? Now, I don't think they can win a championship, but that doesn't mean the people in that building don't believe so. Now, I do think it's telling that Bob Myers, the architect of this dynasty, decided to step away this season, before this season, and jump into TV work. He does a phenomenal job with Stephen A. and right. Mike Wilbon on NBA Countdown. But I, I just, I, I think that's telling in terms of what we should expect or the, ex, the level of expectations we should have about what this Golden State Warriors team is capable of accomplishing. There's a reason why they didn't extend Clay Thompson. I just think that the better days of this team are behind them, so much so that I don't think they can contend for a title at any point in the future, which is why I would try to trade Dre, but I don't know that what I'm going to give back is going to be anything of worth because of the issues that come along with him and the contract. You're tied to this dude through 2027. That's a long time. So I just I, I don't know if it's worth it. And everything that you just said about Draymond, the way that you described him, you're right. But unfortunately, we're not talking about that portion of Draymond's game, especially this season. We're talking about the other stuff. And if you're the Warriors and you do want to turn it around, why would you want to remove Draymond Green from the equation? Because he has been so instrumental in all of your success. Unless you think that he is going to constantly have these situations arise where it's going to be detrimental to your team and he's going to be suspended because he's not out there. Yeah, and I to answer the question I asked you guys, I would not have the guts to break them up because I still would trick my, in my mind. Well, you're going to break them up after the season. Well, we saying, know break breakups are hard for you. Yeah, yeah we're, we're going to break them up. Clay, Clay, Thompson's, <laughs> Clay Thompson's not going to get a new contract with the Golden State Warriors. Well, at least not at the price he wants. A price he may, but I would not. I would not be able to do it. But the smart thing may be to potentially do it. And I, 
He'll never admit this, and maybe we're dead wrong on this. I agree with you. I believe that Bob Myers is not in charge of the Warriors because he knew the end was near, and he didn't want to be the one to break it up. I and, I don't, and I don't blame him because I, I think he is such a good guy, at least in what I've seen, that he's like, these people did so much for me in my life. I now have to be the one to kind of, quote-unquote, sports ruin their life? Not going to do it. Can't do it. I can't tell Clay Thompson, you shouldn't be here. Draymond, you shouldn't be here because I'm here thanks to them. There's never been a, an executive, I think, that has given more credit to players than Bob Myers, who was a player at UCLA and then became Apparently an nobody can tell Draymond anything. So, Well, that's another, that is another story. We will talk so, so. to a former NBA executive who's dealt with issues like this. Coming up next, we're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio, along with Michelle Smolman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen. With you, the Draymond Green ejection last night. Pending suspension, we assume. Obviously a big topic of conversation. Scott Perry, ESPN NBA analyst, former executive in the NBA, multiple teams, most recently GM of the Knicks, joins us now. Scott, what should the league do right now with Draymond Green? Well, right now the league is taking a very strong look at this, and there's going to have to be some disciplinary action. Uh, I heard what Draymond said uh, after the game that he was trying to uh, sell a foul call. I've been around basketball for over 40 years and, you know, worked with one of the most physical franchises in the history in the Detroit Pistons, and that crossed the line. Uh, it, it just did. I mean, you know, to end in kind of a roundhouse slap like that, uh, that's, you know, there's, there's no place for that in the game. Uh, it's, it's, it was tough to see, sad to see, because, uh, again, I personally know this young man. I know he's a smart guy. He's done a, a lot of great things on the basketball floor, but he, he has to learn to control his emotions, and, and that uh, was not a good look for him or the league uh, last night, to be quite frank. Scott, as you see it, what's the biggest issue with Draymond Green's behavior? Is it the example that it sets for the lower levels of sport? Is it the player safety issue with him actually jeopardizing the well-being of other competitors? Or is it the optics of it potentially impacting the bottom line, the overall entertainment product? As you see it, what is the biggest issue with Draymond's Green behavior from the NBA's perspective? Well, from the NBA's perspective, uh, I think it, it's um, the point that you make about uh, uh, affecting the, the safety for the, the players. 
And, 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 and equally with the bottom line, it's, it's a tough call for me to select one of the two because, again, it's the NBA's responsibility to, to foster a safe environment for its players. Look, we know it's highly competitive. We know that it's uh, a very physical game. But you can't have players going out there uh, worrying about cheap shots, if you will. There's no place for that. And then you talk about the optics for the league. Again, it's not a good, you know, it's not a good optic. Fans aren't tuning in to see that. They want to see high-quality basketball. People that, uh, uh, you know, major sponsors for this league, they don't want to see that type of element in the game. And, you know, there's been a lot of rules that have been changed uh, to try to curtail this type of um, activity and behavior in the game. So, uh, you know, you all three points you bring up, uh, Chris, are extremely important in my view because even, like you said, the, the messaging to the young people, you know, you don't want to see young players. You don't want them to think that this is okay to do uh, in the professional basketball game. Scott, another thing that we've been talking about a lot on the show today is Zion Williamson responding to the questions and criticisms about his body and his conditioning. As an executive, how do you handle a situation like that if one of your star players doesn't have the conditioning where he might need it to be? Not knowing what his contract says, I'm sure um, that the New Orleans Pelicans probably addressed something uh, like this in his contract, that would be my guess. Um, look, it's, it, it, it take, first of all, it's something that Zion's got to want to do for himself, first and foremost. Uh, let me say that. He's got to want to um, be in the best possible condition so that he can perform it. But it's also a young man like that who obviously has an issue with, with eating is going to need help from the organization at large too. So I'm, I'm, I, my assumption would be that the, the Pelicans themselves are trying to do all they can within their uh, scope to kind of, you know, help in this matter in terms of getting in with the right nutritionist, uh, checking in with them daily in terms of, you know, whether it be weigh-ins or doing extra conditioning after practice. Um because uh, it's you know it's not only important for their organization for them to be able to win basketball games, but long term for the young man, you know you just you you worry about a, a young man who's that big who plays that explosively, uh, but carrying a lot of weight. Uh, how long he can continue to, to uh, play, and, and you know I'm sure that has probably contributed to a lot of his uh, early injury history in the NBA. We're talking with Scott Perry, former Knicks general manager, NBA executive, ESPN NBA analyst now here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Scott, we're two days away from trade season really beginning. A lot of the contracts that were signed on over the summer are then unlocked. What are these days like for you as a former general manager when you're in that seat as the GM, knowing, okay, everyone's roster is now up for grabs. Explain right. to us this process <laughs> here and how, how giddy you guys get probably for this, this trade season. <laughs> I don't know if giddy is the word, but, you know, obviously many more possibilities are open for you. Um, look, we're a quarter way through the season. As an executive, you should have a feel and understanding of kind of where your team is at at the current moment and where you think you're headed. And so with that in mind, you go out and you, you're really looking around the league of what we need to add at uh, this point in time, and you're trying to figure out, 
uh, which players may be available on other teams. And that then from there, you got to try to find a match. What you're willing to give up from your basketball team to get a certain, a different skill set from another player on another team and see if if you can uh, eventually uh, come together on some sort of trade. And, And I will be the first to tell you, it is very difficult to consummate trades, uh, in our league, because again, you're not out there by yourselves trying to do it. If you're identifying a quality play on another team, you know, chances are there are a number of other teams that are doing the same thing. And then, uh, and then it all gets down to uh, the team, that the player you're trying to trade for, that team that holds that player, what the, what they like the most and what they're willing to accept in the deal. Scott, a team that will likely be active before the trade deadline in February is my Los Angeles Lakers. I'm a big fan of the team, have been since I was a little kid. Love the fact that they won the in-season tournament. Not necessarily in love with the idea that they raised a banner in the rafters for the (laughs) in-season tournament with all the other championship banners. But from your perspective, as somebody that used to you know, build a team and run a team, what can a win like that in, 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 an, in an environment, in, in the in-season tournament, what can something like that do for the prospects of the team uh, long-term in terms of them trying to win a championship? Yeah, great question. I, I think you're in a little uncharted territory because this is the first tournament of its kind. What I really did like is how LeBron took it upon himself to really show the younger players on this team the necessary leadership, the necessary intensity and effort is going to take to win in a playoff type of environment, which that was in my estimation. That's early in the season, but I I do think it was a good early lesson uh, for the younger players on that team that that the level of intensity is going to be necessary to compete once you get to playoff series. So it's hopefully something that uh, those guys will be able to call upon uh, later into the season, and then the Lakers uh, enter into the playoff mix. But uh, I don't think it, it, it hurts. And again, LeBron, uh, as he's done throughout his career, set the tone. And then you know, I also have to give. And since you're a Laker fan, Anthony Davis, who's been uh, much maligned throughout the course of his tenure there, he played fantastic. And if you get anywhere near that uh, level of Anthony Davis going into the playoffs and throughout the playoff run then the Lakers would be a tough team to beat. Scott, thank you so much for the time and the insight. We'll talk, obviously, again in the future about the league. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All right, there is Scott Perry, ESPN NBA analyst. Obviously, trade season beginning, a couple of days, the contracts that were signed over the summer. He's just thinking about one. His name is D'Angelo Russell. Um, (laughs) That would be eligible to be traded moving forward. So certainly movement. Chicago Bulls, certainly a team that everybody's looking at. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. And believe it or not, the one that everybody wants is Alex Caruso, even more so because the contract is good. He's a Swiss Army knife of availability of uh, roles that he could potentially play there. Bulls are a team to keep an eye on, obviously. Um, in the league for trade season, you get excited. I even said D'Angelo Russell traded. He just starts smiling. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. First of all, I want I want to move D'Angelo Russell. That would be Christmas coming early. But this dude is breaking down trade targets for the Chicago Bulls. He loves no, no, it. Other he way, loves other it. way. No, 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 no. By the way, I have the trade machine up here. If you'd like, do you? Tr- all, yeah, all said, times. Yeah, I said trade targets on the Chicago Bulls. I know. I'm always on the trade machine at yeah. any given. If you want to give me a homework assignment to come up with trades for the Warriors for tomorrow, I'll do it. 
I already give Pat homework. I don't need to give no, you I think, homework. I think we're good. You're okay with I that? I think we're set. Okay. I think All right. we're well, set. Well, CC has this for Granger for the ones who get it done. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as product specialists who have knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bot, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to PrizePicks.com/morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/morning code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Well, look who's here. Good morning. <laughs> look who's here. The doggy is here. Christopher Mad Dog Russo. You'll see him today. First take, 10 a.m. Eastern. Mad Dog Sports Radio, 3P to 6P Eastern, Channel 82 on Sirius XM. And where are we with the murder of JFK? Uh, let's let's, let's get into that. <laughs> yes, sir. Rob Reiner. Yes. He does a podcast, Mr. Canty. Yeah, Ten yeah, podcast. Yeah. Five have been dropped. He started on November 6th. All on 35, 38 minutes and all specific elements of the Kennedy administration. Here's the bottom line. I had him on yesterday for an hour. Here's the bottom line. I don't even know if Oswald was on the sixth floor. Wow. He, I, witnesses had him on the second floor in the cafeteria drinking Coca-Cola. Wow. <laughs> so who killed JFK then? Where are uh, you at with his that? His take is, and he didn't give me all the information because he still got five podcasts to drop, but I think there was the CIA. Oh, wow. I think the CIA wow. knocked wow. him off. Remember, the CIA was annoyed that Kennedy was going to get out of Cuba, and they were very anti-communism. And Kennedy had sort of drifted away from the Cuban Missile Crisis and the Bay of Pigs, so he kind of drifted away from that. CIA, CIA didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I, I'll give you a perfect example. You know who the head of the Warren Commission was who made sure on the first Kennedy, uh, on the first Kennedy assassination thing in 1964? Alan Dulles. Alan Dulles was the head of the CIA with the Bay of Pigs, mm -hmm. and they botched it up, and Kennedy fired him. 
Wow. So how could the Warren Commission put the guy that Kennedy fired as the head of the now, in 1964? Is this you going conspiracy theory, or do you think the masses also believe what you believe now with this? Uh, I think that's too long ago now to get that wrapped up. It's 60 years ago. But you are wrapped up in it. Well, I am because, you know, I lived it, you know, to a certain degree. I love that stuff, though. I'm with dog. Me too. I, 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 I love those You're now going to get into this? I, I love I'm going to listen. I love sure. that kind of stuff. Oh, it's it's great. No, what are you doing to me here? Did you see the three-part... National Geographic thing that came out on Thanksgiving? No. No. The three-part. First day is on Kennedy. Second day is on Catching Oswald. And the third day is on Ruby and the Funeral. Really? Oh, it's unbelievable footage. It's on Disney Plus, Hulu. You'd like that, too. Okay. Each one's about an hour. It is tremendous. And it it came out, I think it came out around November 8th. And they had the six living Secret Service agents... Uh, who were there, Gordon, mm-hmm. Jacqueline, Kennedy. He'll be into that. It's well, speaking of, three part, speaking of three-part series, we have just saw the third regular season ejection from Draymond Green. Oh, my God, no. Last night. <laughs> Here and, we go. And, and the explanation makes no sense to oh, me no. post-game by Draymond. I can't take he it. He says he's flailing, <laughs> trying to sell a foul. He looks nurkish in his eyes and waylays the guy on the side of his head. Dog, what do you make of this whole situation, and what should Commissioner Adam Silver do? Well, he should get minimum 10 games. He got five games last time. Now he should get 10 games. You know, it's funny about Kerr. Kerr used to moan and groan with the Bulls when people like Oakley and Xavier McDaniel and Mason were yep. banging them around. Yep, I remember. And now yep. Kerr is coaching the, yep. the Warriors, and he, he says very little. Listen, I've had enough of Draymond Green. We all know his intangible qualities, but, boy, I have a tough time rooting for him. Another example of just being an idiot Suns got all upset. Vogel got upset. Nurkic got upset. So we'll see what Silva does. Five games last time. I thought he should have gotten 10. He got five when he did the headlock with Gobert. Maybe he'll get 10 this time. But enough already. Yeah, I mean, he's I'm so hard to root yeah. for. Oh, is he so hard to root for. So I'm down on him. Uh, dog, with you here, I'm going to ask you a baseball question. As a girl from St. Louis, I want to talk yeah, baseball with Cardinal you. Big Cardinal fan. There yeah. you go. Yeah, you've heard of baseball, fan. right, Evan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, let Smalls go because i got an issue with you on this baseball thing. <laughs> Otani, the contract, deferring 68 mil. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Good for baseball, bad for well, baseball? Well, the first thing was we all thought originally that that meant the Dodgers did not have to pay a luxury tax because they weren't going to pay him $2 million a year. But he is the Dodgers are being charged forty six million with that tax. So in other words, they're only saving, only manipulating about five or six million dollars with the luxury tax, which means that's a middle reliever. Yeah. You know, these teams don't want to pay the tax yeah. when they go over two hundred and thirty seven million. Yeah. And so as a result, we all thought, wow, they got Otani for two million, that's not fair. Then they can get this guy and that guy and not pay a tax. They still got to pay a tax. Yeah. So that's number one. Number two, I mean, I, here's what you – I'm not a huge Otani fan. Compare him to Babe Ruth is ridiculous. But <laughs> I am not a huge Otani fan. But give him credit on one thing. He said day one he wanted to be on a winner. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers are the best franchise. They win every year. Yes. They don't win a championship, but every year they're in the postseason. 100, 100 games every single year. Uh, it's, good job. That's number one. Number two, he <laughs> did not engage New York. He didn't get the Yankees and Mets involved because he didn't want to play there, so he could have easily gotten them involved to increase the negotiation tactic and get more money. And if the Yankees are involved, wow, I bet it, he didn't do that. So give him credit for that. And three, the idea that he even thought, let me help them out, luxury tax, is a sign that he really wants to win. Now, he makes $45 million a year off the field. So most players don't. Right. And every player wants to be paid. Chris, you were a player. You know. Yeah. You want the money up front. 
You don't want to wait 15 years. You want to invest it, not have sitting there for 15 years. Well, if that means I don't have to pay California state income tax. Well, that may be. (laughs) That's possible, too. I mean, I don't know his real, you know, I don't know his motivation. Let's give him a benefit of the doubt and say he wanted to help L.A. Let's let's go there. Mm -hmm. So from that standpoint, I think from his, I I give Otani credit. I don't think it's going to help the Dodgers win a world championship. He's not going to pitch in 2024. But you know what? He wanted to play in L.A., let him play in L.A. But you should be loving this. You you were going crazy anti this. Oh, put all the stars in one team. So what do you want? You want him at full price in Toronto where you're going to go to first take at 10 o'clock on ESPN and you're begging, as you say, Stevie A and Molly to talk baseball. You think if he's on the Blue Jays, they're ever talking baseball? You got yourself Otani Dodgers for an entire summer. Now, you'll be there alone. Stephen A won't be there. But nonetheless, <laughs> I mean, my God, you should be thrilled. Come I can on. make that argument. The argument being that, you know, big markets, the only sport that can deal with anybody in the Super Bowl, you know, Jacksonville, Carolina, it is, of course, uh, the, the NFL. NFL. Right. They can, you know, they're bulletproof. But the baseball isn't, and the NBA isn't. The NBA can't have, you know, uh, franchises, nets, and take pick one. You know, uh, OKC. <laughs> yeah, well, well yeah, you know, even worse than that. I mean, they got to be careful. They need market size is important. Nets, Houston. You know, so from the standpoint of where we are at baseball, they need Dodgers, Yankees, mm-hmm. and so this. Yeah, will help. I mean, Stephen A. So Stephen A. Is amazing now, at what he does, it. and he'll be into it, right? Yeah. And I don't blame him if he's sitting there and he's on the the Blue Jays or the Angels again. Who cares? But you're going to root for the Dodgers and follow them anyway, whether Otani is on the team or not. Not to this level. Not to this level. They become the villain. When was the last time you had a non-cheating-related villain in baseball for on-field performance the reasons? The Dodgers, the villain. That's hard for that. The Yankees are the villain, not the Dodgers. Okay. Nobody hates the Dodgers like the Yankees. Are the Yankees do. really a villain? We don't win. I'm doggy. I'm a, you know I'm a Yankees fan. Yankee fan, fan big and so, fan. Uh, and so here's the thing. After the Otani news, the Juan Soto trade kind of flies under the radar. What did you make of that move? Good move it doesn't materially yeah. change yes. what you think the Yankees yes, will be Yes, absolutely, Chris. Sure it does. He's a great left-hand hitter. He's going to be a good one two man with Judge, short right field porch. Oh yeah, Yankees. Remember, the Yankees are never going to lose them. When's the last time the Yankees lost a free agent they wanted? Never. Robinson Cano, maybe they didn't want him. Didn't I, want him I mean, you know, they didn't want to go over to yeah, two forty. Yeah, I mean, the worked out for the Mariners really well. Yeah, yeah sure, right. It was a disaster. <laughs> and, and most these big Mets, yeah, <laughs> and most yeah, and the Mets. Most of these free agent deals don't work anyway. These big look at them historically, they don't work. You sign a big free agent, you think you're going to win ninety. I know it helped Texas. With Seager, and, but most of the time it doesn't help. Uh, but this will be a big plus for the Yankees. He's a, he gets on base. He walks. Mm-hmm. He's young. Uh, they can put him in right, move Judge. You'd be worried about Judge in center, but they can try that. Yankees are going to be, listen, they were due to do something, and I don't think they're getting Yamamoto. I think he's going to the Mets. Oh, I think he's going to the Mets. I think Cohen will not be outbid. I think he's going to end up there. But the Yankees are going to be, you know, much, much better, Tim. Just by, just by accident, they'd be better, a little healthier. They won 82 games last year. Now, you own, now you're bringing a guy who hits 40 homers, 420 on base, yeah. and he's 26 years old. Doug, now that uh, the regular season for college football is over, have we updated the gummy consumption on the weekend? Uh, you know, I haven't. You know, it's Christmas time. you got to be on your game. <laughs> so I haven't done that as much, I have to admit. <laughs> i tell you when I, I tell you when I went crazy. Well, I had a, that's when it was. And I got killed with the bets. What game was with those? The North Carolina Clemson. And I don't like oh, May, by yeah. the way. Those games in there. I forget what was that night that day. Yeah. Uh, those games, 
I was into. You got to pick your spots. I got four little, four not little, four kids. <laughs> I got to be sure. I'm oh, they know. <laughs> Trust me, they know what you do. Oh, they know. They bought it for me. What are you? About? <laughs> My daughter from Notre Dame. She said, "Here, have Merry Christmas." I said, "Kira, really? This is what you want to give your father for Christmas?" I want to wait. That's Hold on. Great. I want to be clear about this. Your <laughs> daughter got you gummies as a Christmas gift yeah, about four years ago. Guaranteed, guaranteed, you'll enjoy them. Yeah, she and she gets a kick out of it. She likes to see her father with his hair down. <laughs> Christopher Mad Dog Russo, you'll see him first take, of course, coming up 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. Mad Dog Unleashed, 3 p. to 6 p. Eastern on Sirius XM 82. And high heat. High heat. How about Northern Arizona? My kids coach in Northern Arizona. They won back to back. They won back to back games this week on last right. second shots. Here we go. Five and five. Hello. Did you know that, Kenny? I didn't. How do you? You're I doing a talk show. How do you not know, know that? I know it now. <laughs> you're the best. On Sports with like Moment of the Day next. <laughs> with everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers, thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. If there's multiple urinals, do not go next to me. Yeah, one, if there's five urinals, one, three, and five. Then you fill in two and four. Where do you go if you're the first one in? I go to five. All I go the way all the, the way at the end. The five. All the way yeah. to the end. Then yeah. the next person has to go to one. The next person, three. That, yeah. Then you go there's two There's a certain four. level of etiquette that 100%. you have at the urinal. Yeah. Absolutely There's correct. a workflow here. What a great slip-in by Smalls. <laughs> a workflow. Uh, we are on Sports Work like here on ESPN flow. Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, go see the JFK documentary. Oh, my God. Doggy amazing. He's All the right. best. He's the best. We are going to have Canty's best bet, which which we never know till the next day if it's on our unsportsmanlike moments of the day list. <laughs> it, might be, it might just be, though. That's the thing. It might just oh, be. Oh, you're preemptively thinking you're going to get tonight's best bet with ESPN bet wrong? Uh, I'm just saying it might be. All right. What's tonight's best it, bet, it, ESPN it, bet? It, it, it might be. It might be. It might be. I'm just, I'm just 
Just give me a second here, okay? Last night, I believe you won. No, we didn't. We lost. Okay. Jason Tatum only hit two threes. The Celtics <laughs> only won by seven and nine, nine and a half. Oh. Yeah, so Drew Holiday came through with us on the rebounds, but the, the Jason Tatum needed one more three, and they needed three more points. So that's how close we were, which is really not close at all when it comes to a three-leg parlay. We missed two of them. Come on, Tatum. It's not great. It's not great. It's not great. All right, so the unsportsmanlike moments of the day. Nikola Jokic was thrown out of a game last night. We're not mm-hmm. talking about it because of the fact that Draymond got thrown out yet again and slapped Yusef Nurkic, Jokic's former teammate, uh, who was actually drafted ahead of him, I believe, in that same draft, or at least played ahead of him um, for many years. Well, what's interesting about Jokic getting tossed, the game was at Chicago. The Nuggets still won. It was Serbian Heritage Night in Chicago last night. I, I don't know how that's even possible. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. How, you, can't, you can't make it up. You can't. That the official is going to toss the guy. On Serbian Heritage Night. Correct. And if you watch the sequence of the play, he felt like he was fouled on his way laying the ball up at the rim. He's barking at the ref. Then he runs down court. The play happens, and then they have a dead ball. I forgot exactly what took took place. But then they decided that in that dead ball, they were going to toss Jokic. It made no sense at all. It was absolutely ridiculous. And I don't know whether the ref thought the people were there to see him and not Jokic, but clearly he felt like the players showed him up. But I didn't think anything that Jokic did rose to the level where you tossed him out of the game. Well, what's amazing about this is give the Bulls organization, like marketing department, ticket department credit. Like, hey, we got Jokic coming in. What can we do to spice it up? They have, you know, honoring heritage nights and and different nights around sports. Oh, let's make it Serbian Heritage Night. It's smart. We're going to get all the Serbians in Chicago area to come in and watch the game and support Jokic, et cetera. <laughs> the refs toss them right Unreal. away. That's unbelievable. Now, another unsportsmanlike moment-ish. I mean, we love these kinds of moments. So it happened last night. Ian Fitzsimmons, uh, Amber and Ian, of course, 7P to 10P Eastern here on ESPN Radio. Amber and Ian were joined by ESPN Baseball insider Jeff Passan. And, uh, well, an interesting debate occurred. Is it okay for a dog owner to walk by your, any house in your neighborhood and deposit his dog's bag of feces into any random trash can that is on the curb for pickup. Do we know that the trash people are definitively coming the next day? Yes. I think it's okay. But I was told by my wife on a walk that it is definitely not okay, you bag. Bring that bag <laughs> back to our house now. So this happened to you recently. This is tremendous. Uh, what was your no, reaction? This was not recent. This was this was years ago, and I've been carrying. I've been <laughs> like shamefully carrying around bags of feces ever since. I see trash cans, and I'm like, it's just getting picked up the next day. There's no harm in it. None. None whatsoever. All right, we know Frankie Smalls, your dog, yeah. is back in St. Louis right now. Mm-hmm. You're taking out your dog for a walk. Dog goes to the bathroom. What are you are you allowed to put that bag on someone else's garbage? Absolutely not. You got to carry the bag until you see a public trash can or you get back to your house. You cannot drop it off in your neighbor's trash can. It's kind Absolutely. Of funny so if your neighbor has the trash out on the street, like the cans out on the street, and you know the pickup is coming that day, you can't toss it in there? No. Because what if they don't come? Oh my gosh. That's a good point. Wait, have you done no, that? No, it's not a good point. <laughs> it's it's, good it's point. trash. Pat? What if would you like that if somebody was dropping their dog? That's what I. That's what. I, that's what I think about. Can? That's what I think about because I don't have a dog. That's you would not know. I only want my trash in my trash can. I don't want wow, your very, dog's very, business very in my trash can. Trash. Clearly, what your dog's number two? No, thank that's you. A great point. It's but, in a bag. 
So like the rest of the trash. Mm-mm. Yes. Different. No, it's not. That's not. It's not. It's not neighborly. Disrespectful not to neighborly. your neighbors. Yeah, that's right. I'm with Smalls on that one. I feel like that's a little bit borderline. It can get a little bit tricky, maybe icky. Probably not what you want to do. I wouldn't like it if I looked out the window and I saw my neighbor opening my trash can and throwing anything in That's there. a great point. That's also a great point. You don't know, you don't know what's bit, happening. Right? Don't yeah. open my trash can. Go to I your trash can. I don't want you looking at what's in my trash You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's a violation don't of privacy. Don't open that. Exactly. Like, oh, wow. What you, you got, got in your trash? <laughs> That's none my, of your business what's in tra- my trash. I actually <laughs> should unload my trash. Just so you guys can see how pathetic I am. Like, of all the stuff that's actually in my trash. Wait, but Pat, you're you're making it seem like you do this. i got to be honest. Do you yeah, do I've absolutely done this when walking in. It's Because it's completely what? fine. It's trash. It's all going to the dump anyway. Who cares? So it's not an unsportsmanlike moment to do this? I think this? it is. Are you asking me? Yeah. Well, no, you're it's, the one talking. Well, Michelle answered. No, <laughs> I, it's fine. It's 100% fine. I think it's unsportsmanlike. I think it's unsportsmanlike. I didn't initially you until sensitive. you walked yeah. us through it. I've now yeah, I think, come around I think to your it's side on this. Yeah, I've come around to it's your side It's literal on this. garbage. It's all garbage. Like, I don't understand. Just imagine, like, if it's going happens, to the same the bag place. rips in the trash can. It gets and all over you, the place. And now you've got poo in your trash can. Ah. Your neighbor's dogs. Your neighbor's dogs ah. poo in your trash can. That's what I'm saying. And then you got to spray out the trash can and clean it out. Ugh. Yeah, the neighbor's not going to come over no, and clean exactly. it out. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm dry. Because who heaving. knows what you got in your trash? It might be a sharp object that splits the bag. That's with, right. You know, it's what just, if there's it just, branches it can in get, there? It can get messy. It can get messy. Literally. So just avoid, just avoid a messy situation altogether, and do the right thing. Put it in your trash can. Or put your dog's poo in a public trash can, but not your neighbor's trash can. By the way, you bring up an interesting point on the on the sharp things. When I have broken glass and I throw it out in the recycling thing, I actually write on a post-it, broken glass, and I put it on the garbage bag because I feel bad for the sanitation department just in case bare hands. I don't want them to cut it up. I give them a heads I promise up. you they're not bare hands. They're not rocking bare hands. They're not bare hands in the trash. I was like, are they? <laughs> Only I could attempt to do the right thing, and it's wrong. Yeah. Uh, CC's best bet, ESPN bet. All right, so we got an NBA potpourri tonight. We're not going to make this too complicated. We're taking the Lakers laying two and a half against the Spurs. We've got the Pacers getting six and a half points against the Milwaukee Bucks. And the New York Knicks on the money line against the Utah Jazz. And that three-team Parlay pays out at plus 410. So the New York Knicks on the road against the Jazz, money line. Indiana Pacers on the road against the Bucks, getting six and a half points. And then the LA Lakers on the road against the San Antonio Spurs, laying the two and a half. That is the parlay. Pays out at plus 410. Are we rooting against the Lakers? I know, sorry, ESPN 710 in LA. I'm not rooting against them in general, but are we rooting against them tonight just for CC to go crazy tomorrow that they would lose to the Spurs? That would be, that would be so disgusting <laughs> to me. I would be disgusted. A team that's lost 17 straight and gets healthy against my team? It's not great. By the way, my brother-in-law and all, sister— All of a sudden, the, the, the in-season tournament yeah. title means nothing. When it, winning the in-season yeah. tournament, bad take for that, business? Take that damn banner down. <laughs> take that damn banner i got to tell you guys something quickly. My brother-in-law and sister just reached out to me. Both are married, obviously, to each other. My brother-in-law says he does it every day with the, with the poop, and my sister says legally it's, it's not allowed. You two need to work that out amongst yourselves, because clearly you have a problem there. We are on to Thursday. Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.